Pennsylvania, we've seen reductions in energy electricity generation from these plants from about 50% of all electricity here in Pennsylvania uh, to just around 17% um, in 2019. Um, and so this suggests there's been kind of a large drawdown of coal operations here in Pennsylvania. Welcome to Growing Impact, a podcast by the Institutes of Energy and the Environment at Penn State. Growing Impact explores cutting-edge projects of researchers and scientists who are solving some of the world's most challenging energy and environmental issues. Each project has been funded through an innovative seed grant program that is facilitated through IEE. I'm your host, Kevin Sliman. Today on Growing Impact, I speak with Emily Pechtigian, an assistant professor of public policy and the Jeffrey L. and Sharon D. Hyde-McCourtney Career Development Professor in the School of Public Policy at Penn State. We discuss her project titled Assessing Distributional Effects of Coal-Fired Power Plant Operations on Pollution and Health, through which she and her colleagues are studying how the transition from coal-fired power plants to other fuels or resources such as natural gas or renewables is impacting the environment and the health of the surrounding communities in Pennsylvania. Emily, I'm so glad you could join us on Growing Impact. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation to talk about our seed grant project. Can you tell us about your seed grant program? Give us an overview of what you're working on. Absolutely. So in our project, my collaborators and I are interested in understanding the environmental and population dimensions of energy transitions here in Pennsylvania. And so what that means is we're interested in looking at coal fire power plants, which are a uh, particularly important source of electricity generation here in Pennsylvania, um, but a source that is increasingly diminishing um, and and kind of on its way out uh, in terms of, of energy policy and energy transitions, both in Pennsylvania and um, across the, the United States. And so what we're interested in understanding is what, what are the impacts of these potential energy transitions, transitions away from coal-fired power plants in uh, Pennsylvania and towards other alternative energy sources, such as natural gas or renewables. And we're interested in understanding how how coal-fired power plant operations impact the, the kind of local and broader environments around where they operate and what impacts those have on population health um, and other related uh, economic or human capital outcomes. How many coal-fired power plants are there in Pennsylvania currently? The last decade has seen a large reduction in operational coal-fired power plants, both uh, across the United States and here in Pennsylvania. Um, so just to give you kind of a sense of some numbers, um, we we think there are around 16 to 20-ish uh, operational coal-fired power plants uh, in Pennsylvania today, um, but there's kind of always ones that are in the process of, of being phased out. So that number could be a, a little bit off by a, a plant or two, um, but perhaps more importantly, is the, the fact that there have been 21 coal-fired power plant closures in Pennsylvania since 2011. And so that means, you know, approximately half of the coal-fired power plants that had been operating in Pennsylvania at the beginning of the decade um, are uh, have, have now been closed. Um, and, and this kind of mirrors the, the uh, numbers in terms of electricity generation from coal-fired power plants. So in Pennsylvania, we've seen reductions in energy electricity generation from these plants 
plants from about 50% of all electricity here in Pennsylvania uh, to just around 17% um, in 2019. Um, and so this suggests there's been kind of a large drawdown of coal operations here in Pennsylvania. And this is the specific transition that we're interested in studying in our project. Are the coal-fired power plants that are closing down, are they closing down permanently and no longer using any sort of fuel? Or are they transitioning and moving to different sorts of fuels, either renewables or natural gas? This is a great question. So it's kind of a combination of the two. Some power plants are um, you know, completely offline, completely retired. Um, others do see some of these transitions, either of uh, certain units um, that, that were previously coal and are transitioning to natural gas um, or kind of complete transitions towards natural gas. Um, so it's kind of a combination of both of those, um, those scenarios. So in some of the areas where coal-fired power plants were once operational, uh, there is kind of continued electricity-related activity via natural gas, but in others we do see, um, we do see complete closures. Can you tell us about the impacts that these coal-fired power plants have on the environment? And maybe even then, could you talk a little bit about the impacts they have on people? Yes, absolutely. These two pieces are, are quite intertwined, um, as you, you note in your, your question itself, right, in terms of thinking about the environmental impact, but also the population impact. So coal-fired power plants emit um, emissions such as mercury, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxides, particulate matter, and carbon dioxide when they operate. And in kind of the process of, of humans using coal, um, we have gotten better at kind of capturing some of these emissions and so so not all of these emissions are released into the into the atmosphere but through the generation process um, you know coal-fired power plants do emit um, a number of both uh, uh, pollutants that are problematic from an environmental perspective as well as those that are problematic from a health perspective um, and so on the environmental side what we're really most concerned about um, are kind of two main pieces one is kind of the, the combination of admissions that lead to things like poor air quality, smog, haze, um, these pieces that, that are, are likely quite problematic from a health perspective, which I'll get into in, in just a moment. But we're also concerned about those climate forcing pollutants and particularly carbon dioxide, right? And so the continual operation of the burning of fossil fuels in particular coal, uh, which is a, a very dirty fossil fuel, uh, contribute to the, the global climate change problem through kind of the, the emissions of carbon dioxide. Another important uh, component of the, the uh, environmental costs of coal-fired power plant operations is actually in the, the waste that they produce. So um, the burning of coal produces coal ash, which has to be stored somewhere. Um, and, and often this coal ash can have negative environmental impacts through things like uh, leaching into groundwater. So there are actually both air quality and water quality concerns that are associated with the operation of coal-fired power plants. Um, an interesting kind of policy uh, and, and legal aside related to this overall environmental concern uh, that is brought up surrounding coal-fired power plant operations is that coal-fired power plant operations uh, through the, the air quality or air pollution emissions um, can often have kind of spillover effects uh, into neighboring jurisdictions. Um, and so the, the Clean Air Act um, has kind of a good neighbor provision that, that basically suggests that kind of upstream 
upstream neighbors um, or upwind neighbors shouldn't have negative impacts on uh, on downstream or downwind neighbors meeting the provisions of the Clean Air Act. And often coal-fired power plants can get in the way of, of this good neighbor provision. And so there's kind of a regular rate of states petitioning the EPA to kind of curb emissions from upwind coal-fired power plants, um, which has led to a bunch of, of activity in kind of the policy arena um, as well as, as in court and, and in legal cases. And so there's this really important interplay between these coal-fired power plant operations um, and the policy space. So there's there's clearly a lot going on here in terms of how coal-fired power plants impact the environment. Um, and then perhaps there's kind of this natural transition into then how they impact neighboring populations. So there are clear links, um, both correlational and causal, relating coal-fired power plant operations and their emissions, such as particulate matter, um, to respiratory illnesses, things like uh, asthma, um, as well as to cardiovascular disease. And so there's there's a lot of work out there kind of linking air pollution exposure to both acute and kind of uh, long-term consequences from the health perspective. One final note about the impacts on people is that while health is, is really the main category of focus, there are also other types of impacts um, that coal-fired power plants can have on, on neighboring populations. For instance, um, a co-author and I have a working paper in which we examine the, the school absence impacts and educational impacts of coal-fired power plant operations. The title of your project is Assessing Distributional Effects of Coal-Fired Power Plant Operations on Pollution and Health. Could you help me understand what assessing distributional effects are and what that means in your project? Absolutely. Yeah. So a part of this project is really trying to understand what types of energy transitions could be kind of what we'll label as just energy transitions. And so what I mean by that is trying to think through kind of what the overall impacts will be of transitioning away from, you know, dirtier burning fuels like coal and towards cleaner burning fuels like uh, like natural gas, potentially as a stopgap measure, um, but then ultimately renewables. And so one thing that has been been, you know, fairly clear in, in the, the literature out there, I mean, it has become increasingly apparent um, as people are having conversations about environmental justice, is that there are heterogeneous impacts of industrial pollutants, of toxic waste repositories, of coal-fired power plants on uh, different populations. So what, where this is most often seen is that low income or minority populations are often more likely to live near these pollution generating facilities and thus bear a disproportionate impact of their continued operations. What this also means is that there could be kind of greater benefits to some uh, to some communities of the reductions um, in, in the these types of operations, right? So if a, a neighboring community is experiencing a disproportionate cost um, of continued coal-fired power plant operations, hopefully they too experience kind of, you know, a disproportionate benefit um, of their closure. And so what we're really trying to understand is what are those heterogeneous impacts here in Pennsylvania? What communities um, are experiencing greater costs of these continued operations? And can policies step in to try to uh, determine 
um, potentially more just energy transition pathways uh, to to kind of reduce the disproportionate harms um, and and improve the benefits of of kind of cleaner environmental conditions via uh, cleaner energy um, generation. Could you discuss what you hope for this project to achieve? Yeah, so we have um, kind of a, a variety of kind of research as well as kind of outreach related goals. So really, you know, our, our kind of main research goal is trying to understand um, the, the kind of exact relationship or as close to the exact relationship we can between an operational coal fire power plant its kind of distribution or plume of emissions and what that means for neighboring populations. Once we kind of have those linkages down, we hope to try to do is develop a series of policy scenarios that kind of relate to various phase out trajectories of coal fired power plants to be able to provide insights into the potential benefits of these different energy uh, scenarios for Pennsylvania. Um, And so scientifically, that's what we're really trying to understand. What might uh, the benefits be really from an environmental and health perspective of different scenarios for energy transitions in Pennsylvania? And how can that kind of direct policymaking um, at the state or regional level? What are the benefits of having an interdisciplinary team on a project such as this? So just to mention my collaborators on this project, um, I'm working with Wei Peng, uh, who is an assistant professor at the School of International Affairs and uh, the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering, and Hannah Wiseman, who's a professor of law uh, here at Penn State Law. Both of my collaborators bring um, kind of different disciplinary perspectives than myself. Uh, Wei is... is um, a climate scientist um, who studies um, kind of energy and climate change uh, and does a lot of work in air pollution modeling. And then Hannah does uh, specializes in energy law. So, so she brings kind of the, the legal side of thinking through some of these questions. I myself um, am an environmental economist um, and, 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 and interested in energy and environmental policy. Um, and so our kind of three disciplines together allow us for really thinking about these energy transition questions, hopefully from a, a very holistic perspective. So what we were really interested in is a team is understanding kind of the steps in in the energy generation process and their their implications, right? So we're interested in the coal-fired power plant operations, what that means for emissions and environmental quality, and then what that means for uh, kind of health or other economic impacts. And so our interdisciplinary team really helps us to understand each part of this this kind of chain Um, for for understanding kind of the first part of the chain, understanding the operations of coal fired power plants and the emissions and the environment and modeling the environmental quality impacts. We really have to understand the engineering um, and use tools and models from engineering to understand the emissions patterns and spreads. Um, Then to relate this to kind of the environmental conditions and population measures such as health outcomes, we're going to use quantitative analysis tools um, that I use quite frequently in my work to try to understand these relationships. Surrounding kind of that that whole trajectory, we're really interested in understanding existing and potential energy transition scenarios. And for that, kind of the policy and legal expertise come in to develop scenarios that make sense for Pennsylvania um, and to include in our models. What are you thinking about for the future and next steps when it comes to this project? 
So kind of on the, the immediate side, um, we've been we've been kind of working on building up the, the first stage of, of getting together the resources um, and data that we need to actually do some of the air pollution modeling um, and, and emissions modelings from the coal fire power plants. So that's kind of the, the next couple of months, uh, working with some grad students to develop both the, the air pollution modeling side of things, um, as well as to start thinking about the policy scenarios that can then inform future iterations of this model. So, so kind of the immediate next step is really getting kind of the, the scientific research underway, getting these, um, these air pollution models uh, underway, um, and getting the data that we need for um, for developing the policy scenarios. The kind of next step, the, the kind of broader next step then would be to, to think through what um, what those those models are actually telling us and how to relate them to, to population impact. Um, so that's kind of the, the scope of, of the next year, I think. Thank you so much for spending time with us today on Growing Impact, Emily. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking with you. You've been listening to Growing Impact, a podcast by the Institutes of Energy and the Environment at Penn State. I've been your host, Kevin Sliman. This has been season two, episode four. Thank you for listening.